Hello, this is Sequoia Shanna. Hope your day is full of wonder and curiosity about this world we live in. This is our podcast on decomposers. I hope it enhances your October experience. Welcome back, ghouls and ghosts, to the resurrection of the High Touch High Tech Podcast. And this is our Halloween edition. We're going to try to scare you and keep you informed, as always, with science, with the topic of decomposition. I'm Narwhal Nina. And this is Sequoia Shanna. And we're here to tell you all about the scientific perspective on decay. But first, I'd like to sing you a song. Sing along if you recognize it. Don't ever laugh when a hearse goes by, or you may be the next one to die. They wrap you up in a bloody sheet and bury you under about six feet. All goes well for a couple of weeks, but then your coffin begins to leak. The worms crawl in and the worms crawl out. The worms play pinnacle on your snout. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus comes out of you like whipped cream. You lap it up with a piece of bread and that's what you eat when you are dead. Ah, how many of you recognize? Oh, yes, classic song, (laughs) singing it around this Halloween time. And there is a lot to unpack in just that one song. How do the worms crawl in? How do the worms crawl out? What are feelings of culture around the topic of death and decomposition? How does it all mix together in the great cycles of nature? Well, we might not be answering all the questions of life and death today, but we are going to be talking about decomposition and demystifying a little of this process that is typically regarded to be so, 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 so gross. Decomposition is a natural thing, and it's aided by the stars of this particular song, the worms. Yeah. So we'd like to discuss for you today, starting out, our friends the worms and their role in crawling in, crawling out, and maybe playing a little pinnacle on your snout. So, Shanna, we have some guest stars today, don't we? We do. We have a whole container full of millworms. Ah! Different stages of millworms. <laughs> Many different stages of mealworms. And my friends, they are crawling in. They are crawling out. Oh. Nina, check that out. Ah, I don't want to look that close. Oh my you gosh. Do. Ah! Oh! They're all in an apple core, my friends, doing what worms do, doing what worms do, breaking it down, eating it up. Oh, my goodness, y'all. They really are crawling in and out. Oh, my goodness. What kind of bugs do we have here, Shanna? Can you you explain? These are darkling beetles. Darkling beetles. Isn't that spooky? Tenebrio molitor. Awesome. That's what creates the millworm. Well, the millworm is actually a larva. Okay. It's the larva of the darkling beetle. Okay. The eggs, they lay eggs. They lay eggs. And the eggs Mm -hmm. hatch. The darkling beetle lays an egg. Mm -hmm. They lay, they can lay up to 500 eggs Mm -hmm. over a lifespan. Mm -hmm. After about four to 19 days, the eggs hatch. Mm -hmm. This all depends on temperature. Temperature, okay. They like to be somewhere between 70 and 80, Mm -hmm. 81 degrees, somewhere Mm -hmm. around there. Mm -hmm. After about four to 19 days, the eggs hatch. 
the larvae feed on vegetation. They feed on dead insects mm -hmm. and they molt between each stage. Mm -hmm. The moltings, those are called instars. Mm -hmm. They have nine to 20 instars and they live about 90 to 114 days. They, after the final molt, the larva is about an inch long. We have some inch long larva right Can here, my friend. you see the inch long yes. ones in there? Oh. Okay. So when they're about an inch long, that's when they're about to, they're almost ready to enter the pupate stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, pupate, uh, the come, they come or undergo, it's, it's the coming or undergoing of a physical change mm -hmm. and attributes. Tell me, tell me more about the pupate state. Cause I've heard that word. All right. Pupa. What is, what is the pupa all about? The pupa is when it's undergoing a change. Uh huh. So in flies, beetles, mm -hmm. Uh, mosquitoes mm -hmm. there's there there's always uh, the larva the egg stage the larva stage the mm -hmm. pupate stage mm -hmm. and then it uh emerges mm -hmm. into mm -hmm. its new form and in this case it's a darkling beetle wow hey nina there's <laughs> a pu there's a pupate stage right here <laughs> i'm gonna hold it okay you hold the pupate stage oh it's bigger than the rest look at that guy it's bigger than the beetle ah. uh, let, let's get one that moves around Oh. See, this one's, this one's, it's starting to form a hardened shell. It actually is moving around a little bit. Watch it move. Do people eat those? You can eat them. Mm -hmm. you Definitely. Can eat them. Wow. You it's plump. The larvae mm -hmm. are, are, um, the, the most, most people eat the larvae. Mm -hmm. Okay. And okay. we'll get to that. They're, they use them in many, okay. they use them in many things. I'm trying to get this one to move. Hi, little pupa. The pupa doesn't really move very uh -huh. much, but it will, um, in its early stage, it can wriggle around a little bit. Wow. Okay. And y'all, I wonder if we could put the microphone up to this so we can hear them crawling in and out. They definitely are making a sound. Maybe not so so clear on the microphone. There's a lot of activity in there. And y'all, I just think it's so amazing. Oh, I think you can. Can you hear them? Oh, yeah. Put that microphone straight <gasps> in. Oh, my goodness. All right, everybody. Come get can. close to our little pupas, our darkling beetles, our larvae. Get in that. Get in that feeling crawling in and out. So when that pupa forms, first it's whitish and that's when they can, they can move still a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then it turns brown mm -hmm. over about three to 30 days. Mm -hmm. Once again, that depends on temperature mm -hmm. and then it will emerge as the adult. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. So we have the egg, the larva, the pupa and the adult insect that emerges. Yes. And that's, that's kind of a common thread across lots and lots of different kinds of insects that are feeding on decomposing things. Um, our friends, the darklings are eating vegetable matter over here, but um, gosh, I just think it's so amazing. That's oh, grits. They're eating grits. They're eating grits. Oh, they're grits, Southern darklings. Apple, and, apple they're Southern darklings. Nice, they are. <laughs> just think it's so amazing, y'all, how here in nature, you know, at this time of the year, people are often thinking about death and there's a lot of spooky stuff and skeletons and, you know, people are putting like inflatable coffins in their yard. Death is everywhere this time of year. And sometimes we joke about this, this death, you know, we make it kind of a fun cultural thing. Sometimes maybe mask the reality of how terrifying it can really be to face death. But then when you look at these bugs, you know, crawling in and out, yeah, it's a little creepy, especially if you're a phobe like me. But here in Shannon, talk about the life cycle of these bugs, how they live off of things that are dead. Out of dead things comes more life. It might be creepy to you, but when you're a pupa, you know, full of decomposed matter and growing into the, the darkling beetle you're meant to be, 
it's got to be pretty awesome. It is awesome. Yes. How all these things are cycles, you know, some things die and others live. And that just seems to be the way of nature. Decomposition is creepy, but it can also be beautiful. Um, and our pupa friends over there definitely seem to be enjoying it. So it can be beautiful. Mm -hmm. In nature, I guess there there's no waste in nature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the permaculture community, we say waste is a verb, not a noun. Waste is a verb, not a noun. Wow. Wow. So waste is something that you might choose to do, but it's not something that is is necessarily natural. It's something that humans waste, but nature doesn't. Could you say it like that? Well, na nature absolutely doesn't. Mm -hmm. Everything mm -hmm. is recycled mm -hmm. in nature. Like, for example, the, these, I, I'm feeding them an apple core. Mm -hmm. It is and a rotten apple core, folks. I can attest to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're going to town. They're going to town mm -hmm. on it. So these, um, they originated in the Mediterranean region, but because of trade and colonization, mm -hmm. now mealworms are everywhere. Mealworms. And a lot of times people mistake mealworms for the thing that is more associated with decomposition of human bodies. The actual worms would be maggots, but mealworms are sort of like their cousin. They look similar. And they're ones that we can pick up and touch and study because aren't mealworms a little bit safer to handle than actual maggots? They don't. They don't dis excrete uh, bacteria or wow. any mm -hmm. enzymes mm -hmm. like a like a maggot. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we're, we're going to get yes. to that part. We're yes. going to talk about that. Man, nature is amazing, you guys. Scary and amazing. But that's what science is for. It makes the awesome things more awesome and the scary things a little less scary. So... Millworms are, if you found them mm -hmm. in the wild, you can find them like in plant debris, uh -huh. logs and stuff like that. Any kind of decaying vegetable matter. But most of the time you'll find them around uh, livestock mm -hmm. or farms. Mm -hmm. In fact, here's a story one time. You know, my grandma can't see very well. And one time she gave me some cereal. Mm -hmm. And I looked in there as a kid. Oh, I'm flashing back. Oh I my looked gosh, in there yes. as a kid and I was <sighs> like, oh, Memo, I'm not sure yes. if I can eat this. There are mealworms in here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of mm -hmm. course she was disgusted mm -hmm. and threw it out. Oh my goodness. I'm flashing back. I believe, yes, similar thing. <laughs> How many of y'all had opened up a little cereal, a little oatmeal you haven't seen in a while? These are the bugs that get in there. These are the worms that you would be finding in your grits. You wow. Know, technically those eggs mm -hmm. are already in there. It's just leaving them in there for like, that's usually when you find that they, they, they they can be already in there. In fact, the USDA considers it. Okay. It's a question. Are for you serious? Okay. So they're not getting in there. The bug eggs, the mealworms they, are already in the there. Darkwing beetles mm -hmm. have laid eggs mm -hmm. in there. Wow. Cause it's their job to decompose vegetable matter. You know, I'm sorry they're in your grits, but they're just doing their job. I mean, imagine, friends, and this is a big thing in science, if we did not have decomposers. A lot of biologists consider decomposers to be maybe one of the most important parts of all of ecological balance. If we didn't have things to decompose, things like cellulose or proteins, what would they do? They would just pile up. They would just pile up. I believe there was a time on Earth before there were super active decomposers like fungi that we know today and cellulose digesters like these little guys. And dead things did just pile up. If I'm correct, that was the Carboniferous period. Trees that became eventually things like oil and petroleum. 
uh, piled up and became oil and petroleum later, more intact, their hydrocarbons intact, because there weren't as many decomposers on the planet at that time. Man, decomposers are no joke, y'all. We're sorry they get in your Fruit Loops, though. That's a bit of a bummer. But don't be afraid. Mealworms are not maggots. You got to know your decomposers. And uh, we're here to help you with that. So mm -hmm. the oldest evidence of mealworms was discovered in Bronze Age Turkey from 33 BC to 1200. <laughs> so people have been finding unpleasant mealworm surprises in their cereal for thousands of years. For thousands of How years. How about that? So if mealworms freak you out, don't worry. There were probably people opening ancient ceramic canisters going, ah! <laughs> thousands of years ago. Mealworms have many uses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can use them for livestock. Mm -hmm. Feed the feed in livestock sometimes have mealworms mm -hmm. as a substitute for soy protein. Mm -hmm. They're full of protein, are they not? They are full yes. of protein. Which makes me question mm -hmm. whether cows are really herbivores or omnivores. Mm, I guess it depends on what kind of situation they're in. I imagine while they're eating mm -hmm. cows out in the field, sometimes mm -hmm. they eat insects on Would accident. they not? Yes. I mean, you know, when you look at it, it's one big cycle of things taking energy, releasing energy, taking it up again, releasing it, taking it up again. I mean, paging Einstein. But it's pretty amazing when you think about it, how nothing is ever really wasted. Nothing is not used by nature. Even a few bugs for a cow, and then that cow becomes someone's sandwich, and on and on it goes. Hmm. You know, it's reported from a Texas body farm that they witnessed on a camera, a camera, mm. a deer eating part of a body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that, you know, when things go go lean in nature. That's right. Yeah. That's How right. many of y'all have ever been so hungry you could eat just about anything? <laughs> if you think a deer, you know, eating a decomposing body is gross, living organisms have to live. They need energy. And that's part of nature. A maggot, you know, in a corpse could be considered disgusting, but it could also just be considered the way that biology works, the way that the universe works, energy going around and around in a cycle. So mm -hmm. we also use mealworms mm -hmm. for uh, to feed reptiles, birds. Oh, yeah. I feed it to my ducks and chickens. Do they like it? They do love I'm it. I'm sure they love it. And you could use mealworms and another type of worm that we can talk about later mm -hmm. to train your livestock mm -hmm. to animals to come to you. Like, I guess chickens are not only livestock, but they can be pets. Mm -hmm. They've got a high protein content and I've actually used them as fishing bait as well. That sounds super fun. Can I come to your farm sometime and feed your chickens with yes. some mealworms? Yes. Although I don't want to put the mealworms you in You have hand. to hold no. them in your hand so the chickens no. can come eat them out of your hand. Oh no. Scientists wonder what is that <laughs> revulsion that we have over bugs? Is it something that's hardwired? Is it something that's learned? We're not really sure. But, you know, if you get freaked out by the skitter of a spider or the, the crawl of a worm, it's very natural. It's definitely something that's a human universal. But studies about the neurological origin of that are still kind of ongoing. It's interesting. Um, obviously, Shanna is, she's tamed that reflex. And I have not. I'm okay with, I'm okay <laughs> with the mealworms. Uh -huh. I, I touch them. I hold them. I, yeah. I have a mealworm farm. Mm-hmm at my house sure does and she's okay with the mealworms i'm okay with the mealworms mm -hmm. but there was another kind of worm that we wanted to talk about that shin is not so okay with i'm gonna i'm gonna take over and i'd like to tell you guys go ahead about please. that spooky scary maggot 
flesh maggots, fly. the flesh flies. Oh, it really is called the flesh fly. And these are the family Sarcophagidae, which means eaters of the dead. That's a pretty dope Latin name right there. <laughs> um, so when you're seeing a mealworm in your cereal, it is not the same kind of decomposer as a maggot. And if you've seen horror movies, you know, or or things like that, uh, maybe even seen it in real life. It's pretty indelible, that image of crawling worms over dead flesh. However, again, these things are there for a reason. Imagine if there was nothing to break dense flesh down. What would happen? And then um, further, like we're talking about with our mealworms, those Maggots, those flies, go on to become a source of protein for many, many other animals, and the chain of life continues. So instead of thinking of it as gross, think of it just as another part in this amazing transfer of energy across this universe we live in. Although, when you get down to what maggots are really doing, it is pretty funky. Um, when we were researching this podcast, you know, I was singing the worm song, and you might remember it yourself from when you were younger, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out. And all this time, Shanna, I had the impression that the worms were earthworms. How many of y'all out there had that impression? Raise your hand. Yeah, I did. Uh, and I, I, whoa, earthworms. I can't believe earthworms are doing all that. They're down there in the dirt doing the most. That's, that's crazy. Um, I never put two and two together that earthworms really don't eat flesh. <laughs> earthworms consume things like dirt. They consume things like cellulose and vegetable matter. They're kind of, they're more of a vegetarian. The worm that we're singing about, the worms of the grave, the things in poems, the things in art are actually the flesh fly. Um, and this flesh fly's ecological niche is so fine-tuned. Give it up, y'all, for nature. Um, this bad boy, when its eggs are laid on a decomposing body, um, the eggs actually um, emit, they have chemicals as they hatch that help digest the body that they're on. Um, a, a flesh fly is attracted to the smell of rotting flesh. It rings the dinner bell. They can come out there and lay eggs within a couple of hours of something being dead. And again, guys, don't be grossed out. Just, just admire nature's design here. It's pretty awesome. Um, in warm weather, uh, a bunch of flesh flies can hatch and eat 60% of a body in a week. I mean, that's efficiency. That's a lot of eating. Turn themselves into flies that are eaten by other things and continue the cycle. It happens really fast, too. Mm, it happens very, very fast. For flesh flies, they... They multiply really fast. They multiply very fast. And um, the thing about their bodies is that they have, what's the bacteria and enzymes that they... They, re they release an enzyme. Mm -hmm. The body itself releases the enzymes uh, from the decaying cells after they after the cells die. Oh. But that's... And then that starts the purification process, mm -hmm. which attracts the flies. Mm -hmm. But the maggots themselves also release an enzyme. That's amazing. Enzymes are really cool. I'm a huge enzyme fan and it's chemistry terms. But like, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more. And then that helps break down mm -hmm. the material mm -hmm. so that it makes it a little juicier for them to consume. Mm -hmm. Whoa. So they actually tenderize the flesh as they feed They're upon tenderizers. It. They're tenderizers. They're tenderizers. That's a scientific term, y'all. Just joking. They're tenderizers. That's amazing. That's amazing. They actually emit things that allow them to decompose even faster and more efficiently. Again, instead of being like, oh, it's disgusting. That's amazing. These guys are out there doing the most. They are nature's garbage men. I mean, who wants dead bodies piled up everywhere? I don't. 
I don't think you do either, Shannon. No, I do I not. I don't think any of us do. So, you know, thank you very much, you incredible flesh fly. Um, again, mealworms are not the ones to, to be worried about eating corpses if you find them in your cereal. It is these very specialized corpse-eating flies, emitting that enzyme that tenderizes, allows them to consume the energy, and in turn return their energy to the rest of the ecosystem. Man, that's just so, ah, that's amazing. That's no, amazing. Within a few hours mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after the maggots hatch out, mm -hmm. they're well, just a few hours, I mean, after the fly lands, uh -huh. there were little white dots that appear all over the body. And yes. those, are, those are the little maggots, little eggs and maggots. I'm trying to think. Ancient, ancient folks did not understand where, like, animals came from. And so there was a theory. I think this is in ancient Greece. There was a theory that animals spontaneously generated out of the flesh of dead animals. Mm -hmm. And they did a scientific experiment. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, you remember yes. With the meat, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I think it was maggots that gave them that impression. Mm -hmm. um, you know, people maggots. did not understand DNA or how reproduction worked at that time, and maggots and their quick boom generation from things gave them the idea that animals spontaneously generated out of the dead bodies of other animals. You know, from seeing that quick generation of maggots, uh, you know, I could see how they would think something like that. Do you know how that they? discovered that they did not spontaneously generate how did they discover they that they put Shanna? that meat in a container yes a sealed container yes like as it was fresh mm -hmm. before any flies landed mm -hmm. on it. and then that's how they proved scientifically that it did not just spontaneously happen wow and this must have been a long time later was it mm -hmm. wow yeah biology um went through a lot of advances um, maybe like 300, 400 years ago, but for a long time, that was kind of the dominant paradigm. That is a wonderful scientific experiment. Pretty smart. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those, those maggots. And again, you can see how fast they appear, how much they swarm. It looks sinister, but those little dudes and dudettes are just doing their thing to continue the great transfer of energy that is this entire universe. Uh, so those are the worms that crawl in and out. And I just want to put some respect on the name of our last worm that we would love to talk about. And that is our friends, the earthworms. Yay. Yay. Actual, true mm -hmm. worms. True. Oh, how are they? They're the true, true worms. worms. Oh, because they, they stay worms. Yes. They don't turn into something they else. They don't pupate. They hash out of their little eggs. Uh-huh. And then they're teeny tiny worms, and then they just grow to large worms. All right, put some respect on the names of the true worms. Lumbrosina would be their name. Um, and yeah, tell us a little more about them earthworms, Shanna. I know you have a farm. Earthworms are very important to what you do. Mm -hmm. I do have an earthworm farm as well. Mm -hmm. I did not bring that in here today because it's quite large. You have an earthworm farm too? I do. Okay, we'll do that next time. We'll have a little we, earthworm we party. Could do it. We could have an earthworm party. We could hold them. You could hold them. I'll touch an earthworm. You'll, you'll touch them? Yeah. Um, they are tube-like creatures. They have a tube-like body. They eat organic matter, including protozoa, a bacteria, and fungi. Mm -hmm. Their digestive system runs the length of the body. They respire through their skin. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about how that they, there's the egg, their life cycle. Mm -hmm. So this is their egg, the baby, the juvenile, the adult. They could live up to eight years. A worm can live up to eight years. Mm -hmm. Are yes. you serious? Man, that's amazing. And Good depending on, on the species, they can produce asexually or mm -hmm. sexually. They can. I, I do have some sad memories of ripping worms apart as a little kid. And I always hope they went on to become more worms. Sometimes they can regrow their tails. Right. 
but technically most of the time if you cut them in half, they're going to die. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> a cycle of death. Well, hopefully the worms that I ripped apart were eaten by other decomposers and the cycle of nature went on, but I would like to apologize to those worms. <laughs> Even, I wanna, yes. you, want, you want to hear about how that they, they reproduce? Yes. Okay. So when they mate with each other, they exchange sperm mm -hmm. and they're both all earthworms are hermaphrodites. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're both sexes in one. So that's why they could re reproduce sometimes mm -hmm. asexually. Mm -hmm. But most time, if they encounter another worm, they will produce sexually, reproduce sexually. Mm -hmm. And the skin, there's like this little part, that mm -hmm. little band on there. Mm -hmm. It's called the clitellum. Mm -hmm. When they're ready to lay their eggs, that sloughs off and captures the fertilized eggs in like a little sack. And it can came, contain up to a few to a, like a dozen eggs. And then when the little hatchling emerges, it's tiny white. It's teeny, teeny, tiny thread-like. And then as a juvenile, it grows and develops. It develops more color. Mm -hmm. And the adults are full size. full, And you'll know when they're an adult because they have a fully developed clitellum. And that's that band that you see around them. Sequoia Shanna, are you saying that? Okay, can y'all picture the earthworm? They have that... That not, it's not the ridged part. It's like the bandy part. The band. The, oh, yes. That is how they have babies? Yes. What? Well, we hope you guys are learning some valuable stuff today. That's amazing. Big up to earthworms. Big up to earth. That's so cool. Do you know what a good use for earthworms mm -hmm. are? It's what? They're frass. I, is... I think I learned the word frass from you yes. the other day. That means poop, doesn't things. it? It's poop. Mm -hmm. It's poop. Frass, everybody. It sells from one to five dollars a pound right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's really good for fertilizer. I imagine just everything needs nutrients. Nutrients have to be passed around in this giant cycle, no matter how gross it is. It's also kind of beautiful. It is also kind of beautiful. It is way to go. Probably the vegetables you're going to eat tonight, and the plants, and the, the the meats, and whatever you're eating tonight probably had a little frass up in that process somewhere. You know, mm -hmm. we could eat earthworms. We could. Yeah, I heard you had a recipe for it. Let's talk about, let's turn the tables, everybody. Energy is being turned around in cycles all across this universe, nonstop, forever. And uh, we heard there was a nice recipe for humans to eat worms. Yes. It's not just the worms doing the eating sometimes. So would you, would you tell us you want something spooky to blow the doors off of your next haunted house? How about this recipe? Okay. So... Normally, if you eat earthworms, mm -hmm. they taste kind of earthy. I imagine they would. <laughs> I imagine being that they that's, would. Yeah. They taste thing. like soil. Mm -hmm. So maybe you, you would not like that. I see that. Um, maybe you would not like that. So mm -hmm. you could take your earthworms and you could feed them for two days on cornmeal. Mm -hmm. And then you could cook and prepare them. Whoa. Okay. So you say feed you the earthworms them, cornmeal. Fry them. Boil them, fry them, stick them in a stew. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. You can goodness. boil them, fry them, stick them in a stew. Mm -hmm. There's a little kid's book. There's mm -hmm. a kid's book called uh, Fried Earthworms. I remember reading that as a kid. Now, I know from traveling all over the place and eating some pretty weird foods that if you deep fry anything, it's going to taste pretty good. That's true. So how many you of y'all out there would, would like to eat some deep fried cornmeal stuffed worms? I mean, I would. Would I you would, eat it? I would give it a go. I'm a vegetarian, but if you put enough spicy chili oil on it, I might try it. I might try it. I used to live in parts of China where you could buy deep fried silkworms off the street, and people said they were delicious when fried. Um, so, you know, if you're freaked out by maggots and decomposition, remember, the tables can turn. You too can eat worms, and the cycle can continue just in another direction, I suppose. You can eat earthworms, mm -hmm. and you can eat millworms. Mm -hmm. 
you could eat mealworms. Aren't there some companies that are making like mealworm meal or there's like cricket burgers or something I heard about? There are companies that mm -hmm. make mealworm mealworms. Mm -hmm. uh, when they're commercially grown, yeah. they want them to be as large and as plump as possible. Mm -hmm. And they give them a, a hormone, a juvenile hormone to keep them in the juvenile stage, mm -hmm. to keep them in the larva stage so they mm -hmm. don't develop in the darkling, to the darkling beetle. Wow, man. Yeah, it may be soon enough that uh, the worms crawling in and out are the ones crawling in and out of a sandwich or something for humans to eat. My, my, how the tables have turned. Well, I, I think that's quite fascinating. I don't know if I would eat it, but maybe some of you out there are getting a hankering for worms right now. And we're going to let you go have that snack. Um, we're going to wrap it up now. And we hope you enjoyed our romp through uh, the idea of decomposition and the nonstop cycle of energy through the universe. And I hope you enjoyed learning the difference between mealworms, flesh flies, and our friends, the earthworms. Uh, and uh, yeah, remember, you know, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, and that's just the way of nature. So we wish you all a happy, spooky Halloween, and um, go have a snack. I bet everyone's hungry right now. Nina, would you like to hold these? No, 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 I'm okay. Needles? No, I'm okay. Okay, you, you okay. can hold them. You can hold them. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, put the cover on. Thank you, everybody. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. -bye. We here at High Touch High Tech appreciate you listening to the podcast. Check back monthly for more science-based conversations.